Hi, I am Ivy Lassiter. Welcome to the Four Parents Podcast. I'm your host, and I am so glad you're here. Pop in your earbuds and multitask while we talk about all of the parenting stuff. Lessons learned, funny stories, and practical wisdom from normal people who've been there. So in today's episode, I'm talking with Matt and Mary Catherine. Matt is the food services coordinator at a beautiful camp called New Life Ranch in Oklahoma. So we talk a lot about camp life, why camp is so special, and a little bit about food. Uh, But we actually talk a lot more about the uncomfortable steps it took to move their family of five from the big city of Dallas to a small town in Oklahoma and how they have seen God provide along the way. I love their story, and I hope you do too. Here it is. So let's go back, and I want to hear about your journey to get to where you are in this camp world. You know, it's it's funny because during summer camp, we have a lot of college kids that work with us, and and one of the things we do is we'll make pizza from scratch, you know, and that's pretty labor-intensive, and so you're working kind of side-by-side with somebody And it's like, okay, well, how do I fill the time with, you know, an hour and a half of just doing the same task of like Uh flattening pizza dough balls into into the pizza. And one of the the things I'll talk about is just my story. Um, I don't think the podcast has time (laughs) for like that version, the hour and a half version of it. But, um, you know, the the five minute answer, I think, is more of a kind of always knew I need... I always like had this call to ministry and I, I didn't know what that looked like because the the job that I did was a um, was restaurants. And so, I, you know, I worked in Dallas, Fort Worth at Chipotle was one of the places I worked at. Corner Bakery Cafe was another one. And, you know, that was kind of my ministry of I was always known as like the the believer that worked in in this kind of non-believing yeah. uh, industry, you know, and I was like, well, that, that's cool. And um uh, basically what, what, what happened is kind of God got a hold of us and, um, you know, specifically through just kind of some connections, a, a job opportunity came up, uh, in, at New Life Ranch, uh, kind of mm-hmm. probably before we were ready for it, you know, uh, Mary Catherine, you could talk a little bit of just kind of what our life looked like at that point. But, um, for me, from a work perspective, uh, you know, my, my, I had a 45 minute commute to kind of, I was driving from yeah. Richardson to Highland yeah. village. So if you know where that is, uh, almost Denton area. And, uh, I had been doing that for three years and like maybe, I don't know, three weeks before I heard from new life, I had just gotten moved oh. to like a Plano location. And so mm-hmm. that, was, that was like life changing. And I was like, man, I don't really want to move again. And, um, honestly, we didn't even like entertain the offer. We were just like, this is, this is wild. You know, um, I kind of, my executive director kind of makes fun of me. Cause I, I even called the place I work at now kind of a redneck camp at that point, <laughs> because, um, another long story is Mary Catherine and I kind of worked the, the whole reason we met was we were camp counselors at Canacuck. I love it. Yeah. I was going to kind of jump in and say that, um, to back up a little bit, um, I've always been a camp kid. Uh, I'm the youngest of three kids, and I watched my older brother and sister go to camp. And um, I was fortunate enough that my parents 
um, prioritized camp. And so every summer, um, I looked forward to going to camp. I love camp. Um, you know, that was kind of growing up in elementary school, junior high, high school. Uh, I went every summer and that's kind of where my relationship with Jesus really grew. Um, I feel like every summer I was able to, um, be around other believers and have fun and, um, just really be encouraged in my faith, especially as a high schooler. And so, um, I've always just loved camp. And so fast forward to college, um, I became a counselor, uh, two different summers and it was just kind of the dream summer job, you know, just to go hang out with kids all summer at camp. And I remember seeing families who were on staff, um, you know, like the full-time staff. And I, I remember thinking, I don't even think I told anyone out loud, but I remember thinking, man, that would just be the, the dream job, you know, to just be able to talk about Jesus all the time and hang out with kids and be in this awesome environment. And, um, but I just knew that was kind of a pipe dream, I guess. Um, like Matt said, um, uh, our professional careers went in a completely different direction. You know, neither one of us studied ministry. Um, I'm a speech therapist. And so I work with kids, but, um, I, you know, ministry and doing full-time work like that just wasn't even on the radar, I guess. And so, um, anyway, Matt and I both met that summer that we were counselors at camp. And so I think both of us really have, um, a deep love for camp. Um, but neither one of us ever in our wildest dreams would have thought that this would be our full-time life. (laughs) If you had talked to us, like as we were getting married, like in 2005 when we got married, right. Is our, uh, like, Hey, you know, in 2016, you're going to be working in Northeast Oklahoma at this place that Uh you've never heard of. Like we would have just laughed, you know, there's just no way. And just so I don't get in trouble, like I, this place is furthest from like a redneck (laughs) camp, you know, it's just funny. It's funny how your perspective of just kind of the camps you grew up going to, like, whether it be Young Life or, um, you know, Canacuck or some of these bigger camps, like kind of skew kind of your perception of a camp just kind of sight unseen, you know? And um, I mean, this, now that I, I, you know, for my job, my, my kitchen is like more state of the art probably than, you know, 99% of camps, you know, across the country. And it's a fantastic facility. And it's, it's, it's interesting how God works through that because like, I really thought it was just kind of podunk for for lack of a better (laughs) word. And, And that was, that was not true at all. It isn't. I mean, it's fantastic. You could ask some of our friends that are back in Dallas. I mean, they, I mean, it's, it's beautiful. It's, it's, you know, one of the things we say is we're a valley set apart, you know, and, and you see that as soon as you go through the gates, it's, it's. So how did they find you? Did you find the opportunity or did they reach out to you? No. Um, so we were talking about, um, kind of our journey coming to new life ranch. And we both laughed that, um, neither one of us were seeking out a job change or a move. Um, we didn't even know what new life ranch was. Um, so, you know, it definitely was, 
um, the Lord bringing it to us. Um, I have a friend who I went to college with who uh, ended up marrying a man who is on staff at New Life Ranch. And um, now he's actually a director there. And so uh, they were in need of um, someone to work in the kitchen. And up until that point, I think that they had had staff in the kitchen who um, wanted to serve and help New Life however they could, but they didn't have a background professionally with food or restaurants or managing um, the food service industry. And so at that point, they were looking um, for someone who actually had a background with food. And um, so in their director meeting, they threw out, you know, does anyone know anybody (laughs) who knows someone who works actually in a restaurant? And um, my friend's husband spoke up and said, well, my wife's friend, her husband um, has always worked um, in restaurants and they knew that you know, we had grown up going to camp and that we met at a camp. And so, um, we kind of got a call out of the blue from my friend, um, who said, you know, I know this is from left field, but have you ever thought about working at a camp or being in camp ministry? And, um, that was the first time that they approached us. And I would, I would say both Matt and I both said, Nope, Yeah, (laughs) it was just so left field. Um, so Matt, I'll kind of let you sure, take yeah. it from there. And so, like I said, my job had just gotten significantly better. You know, I had in, in Dallas-Fort Worth, if you can have a 15-minute commute, that's fantastic. Hey, yeah. You know, um, you know, so I went from like fighting, not falling asleep on the way home, you know, on a 45-minute commute to like, I could actually be home and, you know, after a quick phone call. Yeah. And, so life, life had kind of gotten better. You know, we had, um, you know, we talked earlier just about our, our kind of community group that we were involved with at our church. And, um, you know, we were just getting plugged in doing that. I think we had just, we had just started doing like a kind of a pre-married ministry Mm -hmm. thing, right? Merge was going on Mm -hmm. right around then. Um, I want to say we kind of just jumped into leading up uh, like a kind of a young married small group as well. And so, I mean, we were busy. We had a lot, a lot of irons in the fire. And yeah. so, yeah, it just came, came out of left field. And so as far as like how I responded to that, um, like I didn't answer emails. I oh, didn't, gosh. um, I just, I just kind of left them hanging for like two months, yeah. three months. Wow. And I, look back on that. I look back on that now and I'm just like, Oh gosh, it's like so unprofessional and just, just wasn't a good way to handle it. I think I ended, I, I think I actually interviewed, for a, like a sales job at like a food service distribution place. <laughs> like in the meantime, like, uh, like uh, I was a mess uh, professionally <laughs> at that point. So, um, yeah. So I would say we were really established in Dallas. Yeah. Um, right. Well, the other, we were involved in church. Yes. And you had kids already, right? Like that's a whole game yes. changer. It's one thing if it was just you, Matt, like, oh yeah, I can, but you've got a family that you're like, am I supposed to uproot my whole family? They've made friends and you know, that's hard. Yeah. And I had, I had about 10 objections to it kind of as we, as we, so long story short, we ended up getting reapproached by them like four months later. Oh and that is 
because somebody else kind of another job opened up. And at that point I was like, Oh gosh, like God's really, God's like, he keeps putting this in my path, uh-huh. you know? And, and, and so what's going on. And so at that point we were like, okay, well, we'll just, we'll figure this out. But you know, I've got like, I've got a list of like 10 things that is why this won't work. And one of those was uh family. Yeah. Like, I don't want to uproot my, yeah. you know, and there, there were, the list was long and, and what's cool is God just kind of essentially just, just broke through all those Aww. things. Yeah. And just, uh, and answered all those, uh, obstacles that I tried to put in his way or Mary Catherine tried to put in his way. Yes. Yeah. I mean, we had at the time a three-year-old and a two-year-old. So we were like right in the throes of just crazy season of toddlers. Right. And, um, you know, we were really involved with our church. I had a great job. Matt had a great job. Um, you know, we were just doing life and, um, when they approached us the first time, we look back and um, we're just amazed that they even came back a second time. Mm-hmm. Because honestly, the first time they asked, we just did a knee jerk reaction and said, thanks, but no thanks. Right. And just moved on. Right. And then when they reapproached us, like Matt said, it just felt like God was trying to get our attention and be like, are, are you sure you're saying no? Let's revisit this. Right. And when they came back the second time, we both felt like, we didn't honor the request as we should have the first time. And so, um, you know, like Matt said, there were many obstacles, many things that I personally thought were impossible, um, an out of state move with two kids. And then when they approached us the second time, we had found out that we were pregnant with our third. And so I was pregnant and, um, you know, I just thought it was too big. I, I thought there's, just no way this is going to happen. And so I just remember, um, the Holy spirit just really very clearly telling me, just take one step, just respect Matt and honor kind of his desire to just look into it and just take one step and say yes, one time. And that just kind of kept us on the journey of seeing if if it was a fit. And so, uh, like Matt said, things just kept falling into place. Mm-hmm. Um, thinking about selling the house and buying a house and thinking about the kids going to school and, um, just all of these big obstacles that I thought there were no way, there was no way that God could, um, could do this every time, um, he would come through. And so, uh, you know, what I thought was just absolutely impossible. God just kept telling me, just take one more step. Just say, just keep saying oh, yes. And I've got you. Yes. So there were some pivotal, there were some pivotal moments that I still remember where I could like feel the Holy spirit, like really kind of saying, Hey, this is, this is it. Um, and, and one of them was like, as I was processing through like, okay, what you know, what, what is this place? How, how, you know, this is after the second time um, they had come to us about an opportunity and we had visited and done some different things. Um, I hadn't even really, I had been connected with God, but not really reading and, and, and uh, just praying or, or, or studying like I should have been. And uh, one of the verses uh, 
for whatever, whatever plan I was on or however I opened up my Bible, I, I opened my Bible to, um, 42, Isaiah 42, 16, and I'll read it. And I, I still remember kind of where I was. I was at a friend's lake house, uh, just kind of by myself, kind of down on the shore. And it just says, and I will lead the blind in a way they do not know and paths they have not known. I will guide them. I will turn the darkness before them into light, the rough places into level ground. Uh, these are things I do and I do not forsake them. Yeah. And for whatever reason, like God was like, I've got, I've got you under control. Yes. Another thing too, like from a uh, support raising standpoint was, um, cause that was, that was a big thing. And I know we'll, th- that's something you want to kind of dive. Yeah. We can go into. there. Uh, cause yeah. Sure. Talk about um, raising support. I can't from going from a job where you're like, <laughs> I get paid a, you know, consistent check. Right. And now it's like, I got to go out and ask people for money. I, I grew up Baptist and the Baptist church is really mission focused. And, um, you know, if you do a WANA or something like that, like that's a big part yeah. of like, you get like extra points. Like if you bring a missionary in, like, and, and it's really big on like kind of foreign missions. And so I think, um, that was my background was like, okay, well, what does it mean to be like a domestic missionary? Yeah. Honestly, we're living, we're living a life that's, that's kind of similar to a life that, um, you know, a lot of your listeners might be living, um, except that there is a support raising element to it. And so I think there was like some disconnect there of like, I don't want to ask people for money. I remember saying that. And I think there were some hard conversations with, with different people in our lives of like, well, do you understand what that means? Do you understand how poor you'll be? Or do you understand like what a grind this is? And, and, you know, that was one of our main, um, obstacles was like, I mean, there's no way there's no way we could do that, yeah. you know? And, uh, it was interesting. I had gotten back from a visit and I was, I was managing a restaurant, um, in Plano at that time. And I had kind of developed this relationship, um, with, with one of my guests and I knew he was a believer. Uh, and he had like given me a book about money at one point, you know, this was like way before I had, uh, uh kind of even gone down the new life ranch path. And, uh, I just said, we were talking and I go, Hey, I just don't know about, uh, raising support or just how that would work. And he like stopped me dead in my tracks and just said, you know, Hey, if you do that, I'll, I'll sign up to support you. No, no way. Deal. Yeah. And, and I was like, what, <laughs> you know, I didn't even ask him and I knew, uh, and he's still a guy. He's still been on my, sw- I mean, he's been since day one, uh, we've been here, you know, we're going on our six years, is that right? Something like that. And, um, he's been there every, you know, pretty faithfully every month and, uh, has, has been a supporter basically. And so God used that experience to be like, I could feel the Holy Spirit just saying, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to take care of you. Don't, you don't have to worry about it. Yeah. Kind of thing. And that's not to, there's a lot of work in it. You know, I feel like we, um, we have to be kind of intentional with, with communicating kind of what we're doing, you know, cause we don't want that. There's always kind of this pressure of um, you don't want your support team to think that you're taking them for granted, for I sure. think in a, in a lot of ways. Yeah. And, um, or that you're living too. Purposely. It, it kind of puts, it kind of puts pressure on like your spending decisions in a lot of ways. And um, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. I think we manage that well. 
but um, it, it just kind of, it's, it's, it, it adds some scrutiny, I yeah. think that maybe wouldn't, wouldn't exist. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess on one hand there's accountability that not everybody has, I guess. Sure. Yeah. yeah. But then on the other hand, I, it, I would imagine you possibly could feel like you just aren't free to make decisions because, sure. you know, well, I would say too, like our support team is very gracious yeah. of like, there's literally no strings attached and, um, and it's been kind of amazing. Like we'll have somebody drop off, uh, we'll, we'll have people literally ghost us, not say anything, just, just drop off, which is kind of the way a lot of missionaries, it just kind of happens. Uh-huh. People are kind of embarrassed. They can't do it anymore. Um, and so they just stop and you're like, oh, I didn't even know that, you know, you're, you're trying to manage that. And then all of a sudden, like somebody will up their amounts, you know, oh. for, without asking. And so like God kind of takes care of you uh, through that. And I think too, like we, we, we have come through this experience probably with a better appreciation for money and finances. Yes. And, um, you know, we budget and we are thrifty when we can be. And obviously I can do a lot of things in the kitchen to help us from a grocery standpoint and, and those kinds of things. <laughs> yeah. You can but probably like, make some things stretch. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm sure I drive Mary Catherine absolutely insane with like <laughs> just the way I want things organized in a fridge and just different oh, things. Gosh. But we fight about the dumbest stuff. That's for sure. But people don't have to fight. There's probably not a lot of husbands that would, would ask that raw meat go on the bottom of a fridge or something like that. And, and so I think we Anyhow, need some. I think we um, need a, a segment of your tips and tricks, or <laughs> yeah, maybe yeah, yeah maybe it we might can be helpful. Uh, but we we talked, uh, you know, going back to kind of just stewardship. I think um, I think we just have a better appreciation for just how money works. Yeah, and also just that it's not ours. Yes, yes, it really isn't. You know, a lot of what our income, our monthly income. Now, Mary Catherine's a speech therapist, so there's some extra income there, but it's like, we've always kind of done, you know, we've always had a joint checking account and like all the money is our, our money. Yeah. And so we kind of treat it all as like one pool. So it's, uh, we just realized that like God provides it and he, he stewards it to us. And just because we're raising support doesn't mean that we can't help others, mm-hmm. you know, um, in, in, a, in a big way sometimes. And so like, we're just, we, we try to have it's funny you talk about this and then I, I get kind of nervous about like what's God going to do financially in our lives. But like um, we try to have like open, open hands, yes. you know, with it. Yeah. And, um, I mean, we've gotten some checks occasionally from some supporters that are just like, like jaw dropping stuff. Aww. And then it's interesting how God will bring people into our lives that we can bless through that yeah. sometimes. Yeah. And, good yeah it's, it's been a it's been a, a lot more pleasant of an experience than you thought than, than we thought it would be for sure and I would even say like we try to be really spirit-led like with like who we ask yeah um, for and then we I think Mary Catherine and I were talking about it a little bit earlier about we want we've got we just kind of let it go like we ask and we you know I'll follow up and you know I'll do the due diligence you have to like I think a lot of people um, with support raising sometimes think it's like, 
you just you you send an email newsletter and you just like God go to work and, and it's not it's not that simple. You actually have to put you know a foot out there and you have yeah. to you have to put some effort into it. Yeah. Um. Uh. But at some point you do have to kind of trust that he will kind of work in people's hearts yes. to to say yes. Point. And and honestly, from you know another Holy Spirit side of that is, um, like, we we have to trust that there's kind of this balance of being greedy. Like, what do I need, and what do I, what do I what do I have? Like, or um, what do I when when do I become uh, kind of I don't know. Mary Catherine, can you help me kind of? Yeah, that? I think that there's kind of a balance of. Um, just like Matt said, what, what do we need and what do we want? You know? And I think parents, regardless of their situation, whether they're in ministry or not, um, they find their themselves thinking that all the time, Mm. is this a need or is this a want? Mm. Um, and I think, um, like you were saying with accountability, it, it is kind of almost a natural, um, filter that we have to go through, Mm. um, because we're in this situation of raising support that we have to really look with eyes of, is this a need or is this a want, you know? And thankfully, like Matt said, we have a support team who is very gracious and and very generous, um, not only with their finances, but also just with their encouragement and um, just with their prayer. And, um, you know, there's a lot more to being on a support team than, than the money. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, clearly that's part of it, but um, just being in full-time ministry, man, our team's encouragement and, yes. and prayer support almost means more yeah. <laughs> than the money part. Yeah. Um, and like Matt said, uh, we both have grown tremendously in this area. I think, um, at the beginning, it was an obstacle that we both had to kind of go over the fear of, um, of God just not coming through and, um, the difference between having a stable and consistent paycheck every month versus depending on other people. Um, that's really scary. And, um, I think as time has gone by, we've just seen God consistently provide every time, every month. And, um, and not only with things that we need, but, extra things too, that are just gifts, you know, um, that we don't take for granted that we can take a vacation, you know, um, we can take some time to rest with our family on a trip. Um, you know, I, I think God has been so gracious to not give us just what we want or not just what we need, but also what we want. Um, so I think raising support, um, can be humbling, Um, I think that was an obstacle at the beginning that we had to go over that um, putting yourself out there and asking people for money is always uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think we'll ever be fully comfortable doing it, but I think when we look at it through um, just eternal eyes and when we go into the conversation, um, looking at it through a lens of just asking someone to come alongside us and help us with ministry, um, whether that is financially or, you know, just being a friend regardless, um, just looking at it through the lens of, um, does the Holy spirit want to work through their heart to allow them to be a part of the ministry? Um, you know, people who can't 
be there full time or have that be their full time job? Um, can we be an avenue that they can um, support and give and be a part of a ministry that they might not physically be able to yeah. be there? Um, so anyway, that's awesome. Oh, um, okay. So I assume now y'all are settled. You feel like you've got community there. So t- I want to hear about things that you kind of felt prompted by God to do to allow you to have that because you don't move to a new place and just sit there and okay. <laughs> like there, there's some right. actions that you do that help you kind of mm-hmm. feel settled. Will you talk about those? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, moving is hard. And mm-hmm. so, um, whether it is an out of state move or across the street move, um, just moving is challenging. Right. And so for us, um, a big move out of state, we left a very, um, comfortable community group, um, friends who will be lifelong friends. Um, it was difficult to say goodbye to them. Mm. Um, it was difficult to leave a church that we were plugged in and involved and leaders. Um, it was difficult to leave. And so, um, moving to, a very different environment. Um, thinking of moving from the big city of Dallas Richardson area to a really small town, um, that in of itself was a big change and, um, trying to find a church and friends, you know, it's just anybody who moves can relate that, um, starting over can be difficult. And so, uh, Matt and I were talking about what we have, done to kind of transition to this new town and this new home. And I think the biggest thing that Matt and I have tried to do is to say yes to people, um, to be open to people, Mm. um, kind of putting yourself out there to make friends, whether it's at the playground or dropping your kids off at school or, um, a friend of a friend that you might not know very well. Um, just trying to be intentional and engaging with people and being open and and saying yes, um, is a big step that we've tried to take. Yeah. And I think consistency plays a role in that too. So like I've, uh, I think one thing I've, I've, I've realized is that we cannot, you can't fit a square peg into a round hole, you know? And so sometimes, you have to recognize uh, when you're kind of trying to establish a new community that it just may not, if it's not working, you know, after a while, it's okay to kind of let it go, Yeah. you know, and maybe move, move on from that. And I think that's been really challenging. We, we, we've had, had some hard conversations with some people since we've been here and we've had just some, some experiences that, you know, have not gone the way we wanted them to. And, uh, instead of just kind of beating your head against the wall, just trying to recognize where things are easy and embracing those. Yeah. And uh, so for instance, like right now, like there's a, there's a couple groups of guys that I try to meet with consistently that are just very consistent ways of just kind of connecting and and realizing um, I have a friend that says, sometimes you're going (laughs) to drop anchor, you know, and, and really get, um, really get into some meaty stuff as a, as a community, you know, and then there are other times where you're just kind of touching base and 
and, and keeping things on a, on a surface level. And I think you kind of need both. Like you mm. can't, you can't expect authenticity to happen like overnight. Yeah. Um, uh, sometimes it does, you know, but I think you need kind of the casual and the authentic yeah. in that same, in that same breath. Yeah. So, well, and sometimes the casual, it just takes longer to get to the depth. Right. And if we just quickly get frustrated and move on, it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We just needed a little more time, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's, cl- y'all, yeah, we were- you left a community that you had invested in and you knew them and felt known by them. And you're not sure. going to move and get that right away because it just takes time. Yeah. And I think when you, when you have kids, like when kids are being born and you're sharing that experience with others, there's a, there's a certain trauma to that. Yeah. Maybe is a poor choice of words, but I think like (laughs) the the trauma of like changing from like just you and your wife to like, Oh, I've got this person I'm responsible for. And they could literally not survive if I don't do this. Right. Right. And so, you bond, you have this bond with, you, you bond on a different level with people. Yeah. And so I think yes. we had that bond with these people. And so that, I think that's what made it our old community group, uh, which they know who they are. Like they would, I think that that's a hard, like that's a hard bond to kind of walk away from. Yes. You know, there's just, that's why I think we'll always be lifelong friends is because we, we walk through some, some, some tough things, you know, with, uh, adoptions with people you know just and like a unexpected pregnancies and Mm. and uh you know miscarriage miscarriages and all that kind of stuff and even without kind of the the hard things just just having a healthy baby is is somewhat traumatic as well you know just you're drowning there too you're like i need i need some help that that is such a good point it's like in the newborn stage you just need help it doesn't, it's not yeah, because, right. it, it's not because anything's specifically wrong. You just need help because it's hard. And so you quickly bond with people because you're like, can you help me, please? You know, I imagine that your schedule's kind of unconventional, right? And sees, there are specific seasons that are much busier than others. And I'm curious, you've got three kids, like what does family time look like? Because I know that matters for y'all. How do you prioritize that? What does that look like for you guys? And I want to hear like logistically to too, what that looks like. Yeah, I would say, um, you know, New Life Ranch is open all throughout the year. So I think sometimes people have um, an impression of New Life Ranch that it's just a summer camp, um, which it is. But uh, we also have retreat groups right now. And so... Um, it's definitely a, a seasonal job for Matt. Um, the summertime kind of has another gear. Um, Matt will kind of describe it as a runaway train. And sometimes (laughs) it feels like you're on the train and sometimes it feels like you're getting dragged behind. Um, so summer camp kind of just goes whether you're ready or not. And it just, it's fast and it's intense and it's fun. Um, but summer camp, um, is kind of another, season uh-huh. of intensity for us where other families in the summer kind of geared down yes. um we kind of ratchet it up <laughs> so summer looks different for us um you know especially 
in these couple of years that we've had COVID, it's looked very different. Um, our staffing has looked different. Mm-hmm. Um, just the intensity of putting um, precautions in place and what that has meant for Matt in the kitchen. Um, it's been a challenging couple of summers for us. Mm-hmm. And uh, so schedule-wise, logistics, you were asking about um we really prioritize family time and we really protect family time, especially in the summer. Um, and so, you know, I'm working as well. And so when Matt and I are both off of work and it's a family day, I would say those are pretty sacred for us. Um, we're, we're pretty quick to say no to things on those days, um, just to protect our family. Um, we really value rest and a slow pace and, um, because probably outside of those family days, our pace is so quick Mm -hmm. on our family days. We try to really slow down. Um, So in the summertime, I would say our family time um, when Matt is home is very slow and intentional. Mm -hmm. Um, We try to not have too many activities or um, we can't take a lot of trips in the summer because we need to be around here. Um, I think it also looks probably a little different than other families because we have a lot of summer staff that is in and out of our home a lot. Um, you know, my role in the summer, uh, yeah, it's great. I love it. Um, my role in the summer is to really support Matt and to support, um, those kids in the kitchen, you know, as the summer goes on and it gets hot and long and, tiring. Um, these kids just need a lot of encouragement and kind of a break sometimes from, um, working in the kitchen. And so, um, yeah. And in the kitchen that it can be kind of intense and, uh, there can be a lot of tears. Um, I I try, I try not to cause, but sometimes I do, you know? And so like, we're trying to, uh, you know, it's kind of an inside joke, uh, that started last summer, but it was like, um, you know, when we, I, I need to explain myself a little bit, but like we had, uh, you know, we were trying to do camp the last two summers, we've tried to do camp in a pandemic, but the 2020 summer was very kind of, we just didn't know yeah. a lot of things, you know, yes. it's it just uh, different things. And so just people were under so much pressure and stress and just isolation and all that kind of stuff. And there's just a lot of tears that summer. And it wasn't because like my personality, and you know, I said it earlier, like I'm, kind of the believer in in the kind of the fallen industry right yeah. which a lot of people are there's unless you're in full-time ministry pretty much every industry yes yeah is 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 secular you know um that being said uh, you know i'm a pretty nice guy you know i'm not a <laughs> i'm not a turd to work for and those kinds of things but there's just so many tears uh and it was just somebody would come into the office it would be like a, a girl that was working for me that like hurt her shoulder or something like that uh, by jumping like uh, she went cliff jumping when she wasn't supposed to. And it kind of, it kind of wrecked her, you know, and, and she just felt so bad and, and that the tears started flowing. And then she ended up starting a, uh, what, what we've started calling like a cry tally <laughs> in the, uh, in the kitchen of just like anytime somebody cries in the kitchen, which is just hard. It's physical work. Yes. It's emotional. Yeah, they they kind of they're able to like kind of make this cry tally kind of thing. And so, um, Mary Catherine, uh, her role, I think, 
is that she can kind of be kind of a a person that these these folks can kind of go to to kind of have a shoulder to lean on and 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 these college kids are just life is tough man and so it's good it's cool we want to be available for that so kind of looping that back into kind of what our family structure is is we we intentionally throttle things down outside of um kind of work so we can be kind of available and i think you know what that looks like is you know we we limit activities but it isn't like our kids aren't deprived, but I think, you know, sometimes people really wrap their identities up in like whatever sports teams, mm-hmm. you know, kids are doing or whatever they're doing and, and we're okay saying no. And so like our kids did um, swim team this summer mm-hmm. and there was a swim meet every weekend and we probably, we only did one or two. I think we only did one and it was the one that was, that was local. And so we were okay just saying, Hey, you're going to go to practices and it's going to make you a better swimmer and you're going to kind of have some community there, but we're not going to go, we're not going to go to all these swim meets. And they were okay. Our kids were okay with that. The team was okay with that. Um, You know, we, we definitely, you know, we want our kids to be involved in things. And so, you know, Will, our oldest is kind of starting to take uh, golf pretty seriously, you know, and, um, does guitar lessons and you know we've got uh i don't know what emily is going to get involved in our little kindergartner but you know our our middle kid was doing softball in the spring and you know we had a game until like 10 15 one night you know i mean we're we're right there with people but i think i think maybe the the difference is is that we're just we're okay just like we're not going to prioritize like a kid's sporting event over kind of like our family time if that makes sense yes um where Will will have probably some Saturday golf events that he just won't make. And and that's okay. Yeah. And honestly, I think it's okay for, uh, I think it's okay for our kids. I hope, I hope we're making the right decision, but I think it's okay for our kids to see like, Hey, like this, this family and kind of, if we're doing something from a ministry standpoint, like that's more important than kind of your, you know, your Saturday golf scramble kind of thing. Right. Um, right. Those things are bad. And, and I'm not saying those are bad. Cause I think, golf for will uh you know has been a really good experience because right. it's hard for him and he's having to persevere and um and it's a lifelong skill and, and those are all great things but like uh he i think he also needs to see that like hey if if i can hang out with him doing something else like that's more important yeah so kind of what we do yeah that's great. So what is, is there like, is like Saturday family day? What Like in the summer, what would that look like? Or is there not that kind of structure? Yeah. Kind of- I would say it's like whatever my off days are, which kind of change here and there. So it's, uh, go ahead. It's Mary. been a joke. I think in our family that, um, Matt's schedule has always been a little unorthodox. Uh, yeah. it's all we've ever yeah. known. Um, he's yeah. always, yeah, he's always worked in restaurants. And so he's never had a nine to five Monday through Friday office job. Right. You know, that just hasn't been his path. And so um, I, would, I would even say, like, I don't do well in that kind of environment. Yeah. Like, I Mm-mm. get very bored in a, a Monday through Friday, nine to five. Like, when we were shut down for COVID, I, I think like in 15 years after college, um, that COVID kind of two month pause that we had. That was like the most weekends I had ever had off. Um, 
like in a row ever. Period. Wow. Like I, I just, I just don't weekends off or like a, you have to request them and they're, you know, one or two a month. Yeah. And, that, and that's like the way it worked. The, the fact that I had like 10 in a row, was just like kind of nice yeah. in, 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 on one hand, but just very irregular for us. Right. So. And then Mary Catherine, you schedule your days off according to when his are kind of thing. I do. Thankfully I, um, my job is pretty flexible. And yeah. so I can set my own schedule and, um, I can flex if I need to. And so, um, so yeah, I think, you know, even before kids with Matt's unorthodox schedule, I've just always been used to, um, just a different kind of rhythm of life, I guess, mm-hmm. you know, like we don't have the typical family weekends, um, yeah. that a lot yeah. of people do. And so I think moving here, the staff, they were pretty concerned about, um, the strange schedule. Uh, but we would just laugh and just say, this is what we've always known. You know, it's not different to us. And so, um, there are seasons that it can be really frustrating. Um, and then there are seasons that, um, are a little bit easier. And so, sometimes I'll wake up and I don't even, I I don't know if Matt's working or if he's off, you know, (laughs) and it's challenged our communication skills, I think quite a bit. Um, (laughs) we've laughed on that, that, um, it's an an area that we'll probably always need to grow in of, um, communicating when he's working and when he's home. Oh yeah. Um, for instance, I had to text her. I was like, okay, she's going to have no idea that I'm off next Monday and Thursday, you know? And so I I sent that text just saying, Hey, just, remember because like like she said sometimes she'll schedule something because she kind of we're, we weren't on the same page and it's like all of a sudden she's got some sort of girls event while oh, I'm yeah. off and, and we're like oh well we could have been hanging out together you know yes. that kind of thing so okay how long have y'all been married now since 2005 is that what she said mm-hmm. 15 years yeah yeah going on 16, S- 16. crazy so <laughs> so everybody listening communication <laughs> it's always a thing I feel 15 years in and regardless of where you work or where you live it's commute always comes back to communication I mean yeah 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 Um, okay oh go ahead Matt yeah I think like I think that's part of the reason we were we're we're kind of passionate about uh we haven't been able to do that here but like young married trying to speak into young married couples because I feel like that's like when you can really impact kind of those communication skills yes the church we were part of like really invested like techniques that we use and and just different things that i'll i'll be frustrated you know my wife almost never frustrates me she's basically perfect but rare times that she does like i'll revert back to like something called like a speaker listener technique and i'll like you know it's it's good it's good it's good to have that kind of in your dna of your relationship because yes. like, uh, it doesn't come off as sarcastic. It's like, okay, we're really trying to love each other well by working through whatever conflict. Um, yeah. 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 And I think you definitely get better at communication, but I'm just saying a lot of conflict in marriage comes from just missing each other on the communication, sure. you know? Sure. Um, okay. I, I want to hear about best things about working at a camp and, and I'm going to, let's like to put the whole, like your kid, it's, it's a family affair that 
y'all have someone working. So what are, what are your favorite things about it? Um, man, camp is like the best place on earth, right? Kind of like what I was saying when I was a college kid. Um, I feel like we're living the dream, living at a camp. You know, camp life is like no other. We are able to kind of be in a beautiful location all the mm-hmm. time. You know, I feel like Do you we actually almost, live there. Do y'all actually don't. live there? Okay. We live about 10 minutes away. Okay. The camp is actually in Oklahoma and then we live in Northwest Arkansas. We're oh. right on the border of the state. So every day Matt drives to work, he crosses over to Oklahoma. Wow. So I would say that there are so many great things about being a part of a summer camp, but one thing that I love is we talked earlier about how we have summer staff come into our home a lot. Yeah. I just, I love that my kids are around, um, college age students who love Jesus. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't take that lightly that they are around really cool kids who are kind and, um, just give their summers to serve Jesus and present the gospel to kids. I just think it's really cool that my kids are having that example for them. Um, That's probably at the top of the list for me that, um, that that all three of my kids get to see um, college kids serving and um, have fun and um, Mm. just really enjoy presenting the gospel in a fun way. Um, I I just think that's awesome. Yeah, I think too, like, um, it's cool, like from a work standpoint, it's cool to have uh, a place that, you know, they can come, you know, if I am working on a Saturday or whatever, uh, there's a lot of stuff to do while, well, yeah. if they're going to come. It's a great here. environment for take your kids to work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and it's it's unique too. Like I've got, like I literally have on my ske- on my calendar, my Google calendar right now, laser tag. That's like a work event. And and it's and it's, and it's not just like for fun, like we're we're trying to train people on how to facilitate it for groups. And so they're like, Hey, we need a lot of people to play laser tag at four tomorrow. And so like and I'm like, this is kind of ridiculous, but it's it's kind of good. And 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 it's not like I don't want people to get the impression that we're just like, I'm just playing laser tag all the time, you know. Or, no, like we are, I know. Uh, yeah. you know, there are times where it's just, it's full throttle, you know, this summer has been, yeah. it was, you know, case in point we did from a, from a COVID standpoint, we did 10 meals a day. And so we would do four lunches, three breakfasts and three dinners just to keep people isolated to try and Whoa. try to limit spread. If, if for some reason, you know, somebody had it, it would just limit the damage of, uh, of yeah. of it. And so yeah, there there are two different extremes. I think. Uh, oh, this is what I was going to say. It's like I actually like probably have a lot more hope for the future. Uh, just kind of seeing kids mm. that come through here, and just kind of what God's doing in, in young people and in high school age and in college age kids that want to authentically pursue Jesus and just and yes. let Him control yes. their control their steps. And um, I think it's, mm-hmm. if there's some really cool. Uh, things going on and um, I know kind of New Life Ranch we we want to launch leaders you know and, and we're definitely yeah. a place 
I think camp touches a lot of people. And I think like a lot of people in Mm -hmm. ministry kind of have a, have a camp experience. Uh, God uses camp to, Mm -hmm. to, to prod people along. Um, You know, we talked about community a little bit. Like we, we constantly run into people that uh, like we, we are getting to know that have had like a real life changing experience at our camp that we're at. Like uh, just like, I, I, I met Jesus here or I, yeah, I, I, gave my life away or I did, you know, just lots of, lots of little stories like that. And, uh, that gives you, um, and this is during retreats too. So it, it, it lets you know that like, we're not just a summer camp. Um, that's not all we're involved in. It's obviously a big part of what we do, but it's, um, it's a pretty cool culture to be a part of for sure. Yeah. That is awesome. Um, okay. What is the, what's the, What's like the crowd favorite meal? Oh, I don't know. Um, what do you think? <laughs> well, I know that they're all yeah, winners, yes. but what what does yeah. everyone really want? Well, I would say um, when Matt came to New Life Ranch, um, his desire is to have really good, fresh food. And so um, he has changed the culture, I think, here in the last five years to... Um, embrace kind of home style cooking, if that makes sense. And so, um, and a lot of more fresh options. So like we have a salad bar every day. Mm -hmm. Um, it's not processed food all the time. And so with that, we have, um, used some family recipes. And, um, so like my mom has given us some recipes. We've used, um, a recipe that Matt's dad loved with chocolate cake. Um, and so it's been fun kind of seeing, these recipes that both of us love dearly in our family kind of ratchet up and serve 500 people at once. (laughs) So that's kind of been fun. Um, So I think, you know, my mom gave us the recipe of, we call it creamy nachos, but um, it's, it's kind of like a really good queso that you use with chips and then you can put fresh lettuce and tomato and salsa and guacamole and, you know, stuff on it. it. Cream tacos, which cream tacos. we just kind of mm-hmm. had to change the name just so people weren't confused by it. Um, but like, yeah, it's become a staple. Like, you know, I'll send I'll send a picture of like the amount that we have to send. You know, we have to make for camp because um, we will make like yes. twenty gallons of it. Versus, you know, when you make queso at your house, you're making like a uh, like a bowl full, roughly, right? And so like oh, making the, the scale of what we do is just kind of nuts. You know, I want to give credit too to, to the team that we have. Uh, we, we've got a really good team and some people I think were here before me that just weren't being listened to, you know? And so I think um, we, we have yeah. some people that want to do the right thing with food. And so I think anything that's kind of fresh and that if we give options, um, I think that that helps us. And so I think pizza, the creamy nachos, those are kind of the staple recipes that are really, really good that we do. I would say to um, your guacamole, since he has the background oh, of working at um, yeah. Chipotle. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm not yes. using the recipe officially, but I, yeah. Yes. The, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Go into kind of fresh stuff. So that's an example of like actually doing the work to use a whole avocado and, and chopping everything. Yeah. Yeah. To As make real to like, guacamole. You know, camps are notorious yeah. for just opening bags and dumping them in 
uh, a pan, you know, or just throw it up in an oven and, and I know. Uh, we, we've, we've been able to kind of push the envelope and uh, much to the chagrin of my kitchen staff that has to work their tail off to do this. but <laughs> And um, cry about it. No, <laughs> yeah, lots of tears. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, like the, that is awesome. Yeah. It's fun. That it's, a, but you know, the I, food matters. The does, food yeah. matters. And I'm not it saying it has to be does. a fancy, the fanciest meal, but you see Jesus eating with people in the Bible. And it's like, that's Absolutely. what, that's part of the, right. part of the camp experience. And it matters. Yeah. And know? we, we like to say we kind of set the table for kind of ministry to happen. It's kind of our, yes. our so, uh, you know, you know, literally and meta- metaphorically as well. Yeah. I would say that like, when you think about um, full-time ministry or missionaries, you know, you tend to think of people who are on the front lines presenting the gospel. And so mm-hmm. I think when we took this job and made this move, um, that was a little bit challenging for us to feel like um, we are doing full-time ministry, but we are very much behind the scenes. And so mm-hmm. even when we were talking about support raising, how do we explain that to to people who are, we are trying to to get on board, like, you know, what does food service have to do with telling people about Jesus, you know? And so like Matt said, we, we feel like we set the table that, um, if we can provide an environment that has really good food, um, then, you know, we all get hangry. Right. And so if your stomach is full of delicious food, then your heart is going to be more willing and a little bit more of like, the fertile soil, if you will, from scripture to, um, to hear the gospel. And so even though we're behind the scenes, um, you know, we want to make it an experience at camp that, um, you know, people don't have any excuse to not hear about Jesus and hear the gospel. So absolutely. There, oh, I love that. There's an element too, of like, if, if the food's bad, it, it can be real distraction to where people just aren't even tuned in. And, uh, Oh, I know, it, you know, and we're not, I had an old uh, boss say like, if you can kind of be successful, you know, 28 out of 30, 30 days, you know, that's, that's pretty good. And so I I don't want us to, I don't want to act like we've got it all together. We still make mistakes, but um, you know, we're, we're, we're doing more, more good than bad for sure where we're at. And uh, we want to set, you know, set the table well and, and have people uh, not be thinking about the food in, in, uh, in a way that's negative, you know, if anything, we just want to just be crowd pleaser to where they they can think about other things or that God can kind of do, do work when they're outside the dining hall or even in the dining hall. Like you said, I think Jesus did a lot of ministry around food, not only just kind of the feeding of the 5,000 or the 4,000, but just a lot of his ministry was just kind of fellowshipping with people all around meals. And so that's, some real pivotal conversations can happen around a meal. And so we're big believers in that. So we talked about a lot of good stuff, right? I don't know what jumped out at you, but I will tell you the thing that I will remember for a pretty long time, that all that God was asking was for them to take one obedient step at a time. Just one, just one obedient step at a time. And for me, that that's, hard. It's difficult. I prefer to be at least 10 steps ahead. I'm a planner. I like my ducks in a row. 
I kind of want to say, okay, God, yeah, I'll do that. But like, first, can you give me the whole picture? Can you give me like where we're going and all the details? And and that's just just not the way it always works. And I think this is especially difficult in parenting because our decisions aren't just impacting us, but they are impacting the little people we are responsible for. And we want to fully know what are we agreeing to? What are we saying yes to? And sometimes God's just like, nope, I need you to just be obedient to this thing, this thing. Sometimes we have to take blind steps of obedience and have the confidence that God knows the details. God knows it. He's got it in control. And guess what? This is not new. This is not a new struggle that we as people or parents are facing. (laughs) Okay, I laugh thinking about this. Think about how God led the earthly parents of his greatest gift to the entire world. I mean, Mary and Joseph took single steps of obedience. Read about it. (laughs) Single steps of obedience. They didn't have all the details or or the big picture when they said yes. They just one step at a time. Yes, we will go there. Yes, we will do that. And look at the result. The most beautiful and remarkable story of all time. And like Mary Catherine and Matt, there are times in our journey today that we as parents just have to take single steps of obedience. It might feel scary. It might feel risky. It might feel uncomfortable. Yet at the core, what is best for us and what is best for our kids is that we are parents that do that, that hear where God is prompting us to go and and say yes, trust that he will reveal the plan as it needs to happen. He's got it under control. He's got it under control. Thank you guys for listening to this episode. Uh, Be sure to check out New Life Ranch. It is a beautiful place in Oklahoma. And I sounds like the food's pretty good too. So check that spot out. Um, And I would so appreciate if you would follow Four Parents Podcast on Instagram or Facebook. Share this episode with a friend. And y'all have a great rest of your day. I'll talk to you next time.